It is not only good to see you here at Crosstown, I am like amazed to see you here at Crosstown. I mean, it is nasty outside, and you still came to church. And then there's COVID. Everybody's got COVID. I mean, everybody has it. So I, here's what I was hoping. I was, after the dismal performance of the Patriots last night, that's why I'm in black, it, I was hoping it was going to snow and we were going to cancel church, and I was going to leave town to a remote bed and breakfast someplace, um, and then that we would all stay home. So I am absolutely amazed that you are here, and I, and I don't think you're going to be disappointed. After our first service experience, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. Guys, let me just tell you, we have a men's retreat planned for March 24th. It's going to be a really good time. We only have 45 spots, so sign up as soon as you can. Um, this place, we're going to go into the Word of God. We're going to grow as God w- wants us to grow as men. We're going to learn more about what that looks like. But also, there's going to be incredible fishing. There's a lake right there at Hickory Knob State Park. Uh, There's also a championship golf course right there at Hickory Knob State Park. There's also mountain bike trails, hiking trails, skeet shooting, um, and a great restaurant there at uh, Hickory Knob State Park. And did I mention we're going to study the Bible while we're at Hickory Knob State Park? So let me encourage you, sign up. You can do it through Venmo, our app. you can do it a lot of different ways, but, but sign up for that. And then also next week, we'll be starting our series called Transform. Yeah, it's, but you may not think it's a big deal right now. In about 35 minutes, you're going to think it's a big deal. Um, let me encourage you, before you leave to stop by, get your book. It's $15. You say, whoa, they're making money off of books. And it's like, listen, I'm not making money off of anything. I mean, I, I must have been doing it wrong for the last 25 years because I ain't making a lot of money, uh, especially off of selling you a book. This, this book is about journaling in our relationship with God for eight weeks. It may be something totally different that you've never done. I'm not a journal guy. I'm kind of a go-with-the-flow-with-God kind of guy. But this is going to help institute some of the disciplines that we need in our lives. And also, if you walk around, you're going to see somebody with a button like this. That means they're a small group leader. Ask them about the small groups. Uh, you don't have to go to their group, but just ask them about the small groups. We have a kiosk in the back where you can QR code, picture of what's going on. You can find out more about Transformed. So we've been talking about Back to the Future, incredible movie, but uh, none of us have a DeLorean, especially one that Doc Brown has worked on and put a flux capacitor in it, and it's got the ability of time travel. So what we're learning is is that what we do in this particular moment will determine the future. We tend to think, well, we're powerless over the future. We're going to learn today, you are not powerless over the future that you are in a place where you can pretty much determine some of the things, some of the significant things that are going to happen in your future. Um, In 2018, me and Susan were kind of like in our 30th something marriage anniversary. I think it was 30, 31, I'm not exactly sure, but in 2018, we had an opportunity to travel to Wyoming. You can have Paris, you can have... The Holy Land, give me Wyoming any day. Absolutely incredible. Yellowstone, gorgeous place. And it was a dream come true to see the buffalo and to see the snow-jagged mountains and peaks of the Grand Tetons. We had an opportunity to do some whitewater rafting while we were out there. 
We did some mountain biking. Uh, we did a lot of the shops. But one of the things that we really wanted to do is we wanted to do some of the hikes. We wanted to get into the mountains. So we had all the brochures, and we laid it all out. For a year, we planned where were we going to stay on this day, move to this place and this location. We, we had to lay the whole thing out. And so we knew where all the best stuff in Jackson Hole took place, where you could get the best views, where you had to go in order to get the really good pictures. So we, we had a good time laying out the itinerary for the trip. But we knew that we lacked something for this trip. You know, because we wanted this future experience to have something in it more. You know, we, we didn't just want to go. We wanted to have something more. And we realized that in order to go on this trip, we needed to physically get in shape. So we understood that we could go to the Grand Tetons in Yellowstone and take the bus ride. And I'm not dogging out the bus ride. If you're a bus ride person, I hope you enjoyed the bus ride. But we're not at the bus ride place yet. So with the bus ride, you can see a lot of good stuff. But we wanted pictures you can't get from the bus. We wanted pictures and experiences you couldn't get by traveling with this big crowd of people that just stopped on the bus. We wanted something more. We wanted to be in the mountains. You know what I mean? I know it sounds kind of existential, but yeah, we wanted to be in the mountains. We wanted to walk among the aspens as they were yellowing and the leaves were beginning to fall. We wanted to come up on some moose watering in some ice-cold creek and all of a sudden walk up as we're going down the trail and the moose raise their head and they look at us and we're just like, what? Blown away. We wanted that experience. We were paying enough for this trip. And, and we felt like we wanted the full experience. We wanted even, we even wanted a little bit of danger. You know, we wanted a little bit of danger. We wanted to know that the grizzly bears were, were uh, mating at that particular time that we were there. And, you know, I needed to make sure, I shaved a little close to make sure that they knew that I wasn't another grizzly bear. Um, but we wanted to be there with the grizzly bears because... There's something about being in an environment where you don't know if you're going to get eaten that day. You know, I mean, doesn't that kind of like, you're like, that's exciting. As a matter of fact, there was a guy, God rest his soul, there was a guy that week that we were there that did get eaten by a bear. So I remember me and Susan talking to each other like, we really want to do this trail? I mean, it's like, it's like, hey, we want the full experience. We don't want the bus tour. We want the great photos. So we wanted this, let me call this a future experience. But we discovered that if we're going to be in shape, it, we we're going to have to do something. We actually discovered that if we were going to enjoy these hikings, we were going to have to go someplace we didn't want to go. We were going to have to go into a dark space.
you know, it was going to require us to go someplace where none of us wants to go. It was going to require us to experience changes in the basement at the elliptical if we were going to have experiences that fulfilled our expectations. If we wanted to go beyond the bus, if we wanted to go what every, beyond what everybody else was going to experience and to fulfill that dream of walking and hiking and no longer hearing the clicking of other people's cameras, but taking our own shots and shots that most people didn't get, it was going to require that we went in the basement and we kicked off all the junk off of our elliptical and we decided to get in shape. You know what, when I think about this, it makes me think about, I really do want a life better than the one from the bus. I mean, what is the bus? The bus is the life that's laid out for you for about 75 to maybe 85 years. It's the genetic time-space continuum bus, the linear path that all of us step into for a short period of our lives, and the bus driver, father time, or somebody who's involved in front of the, the time uh, variant authority, whatever it is, but we get into the bus, and time just takes us. This is what you are when you're a kid. This is what you are when you're a young adult. This is what you are when you're an adult. This is what happens when you're a senior in life. And life offers us that trip and those experiences. And the interesting thing that time, time doesn't really pick the best view for you. Time just says, right along, you got a little bit of amount. I'll stop you at a couple places in life. Possibility of romance, maybe a job, maybe an experience, sickness, illness, disappointment. And this bus driver of time, if you get in the bus and that's how you're going to see life, that's all you're going to see. But I don't think you're here on a rainy, cold day in the middle of a pandemic because you're the kind of people that just want to see life from the bus or have it only measured by time. And what I've discovered in my own personal life is that if I want something different, it's going to require me to go into that dark place, that basement where that spiritual elliptical is, that I'm going to have to clean off the principles of God in my life. I'm going to have to get involved in beginning to shape the future that I want to experience. My future experiences, to a degree, are dependent on how I live in this particular moment. Now, this is going to blow you away because most of us are here is like, well, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. I'm going to tell you, you know more about what's going to happen in the future than you realize. And that it really will come down to two different kinds of experiences. You see, we talk about the unexpected. Well, you don't know, Pastor Paul, you don't know the unexpected uh, can always happen. And it's like, well, I'm here to tell you the unexpected always happens. So, in my logical mind, if the unexpected always happens, and that means is that the unexpected is happening, therefore it's not very unexpected. And it's like, okay, if we expect the unexpected to happen, then it's not really all that unexpected. You say, well, that's a lot of voodoo in your head. And it's like, no. No, that's just logical thinking. There are some things that are going to happen to us and that I'm certain are going to happen to us. How they may apply in my personal life may be differently, how they worked out, but there is, none of you are going to become an orange tree on the moon one day. 
I'm pretty sure you're not going to have, none of you are going to ride a pink elephant in the sky unless you have some sort of VR goggles. There are certain experiences that we can pretty much know are going to happen. Even the unexpected. I was talking to a surgeon the other day because I've got some ruptured disc in my neck and um, and I'm like, hey, what are the chances of me having this surgery that I have to have a fusion on my thing? And I, I, I love this guy because he, he thinks kind of like I do. And uh, it's not convenient that I only love people who think how I do. So he, he said to me, he goes, well, you have a 50-50 shot. And I'm like, 50-50? He goes, yeah, if you're looking at just your back. He said, but you probably have a better chance of dying before then. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you could get hit by a bus. You know, your, your wife could shoot you. Uh, I mean, you could, there's a lot of things that could happen. And he said, so if we're going to work the numbers, we got to work all the numbers in there. It's not just 50-50 on your neck. It's like, okay, what about all the other things that happened? You're choking on a Big Mac and things like that, you know, or some angry Buffalo Bills fan takes you out. Or, I mean, there's all kinds of things. And I was like, well, what's your point? And the point is, it's like, listen, if you're, if you're trying to figure out whether or not you should enjoy your life based upon percentages, that's a wrong way to be evaluating the future of your life. And I was like, dang, I like you. So we cannot stop creating new expectations in our lives because we're afraid of the unexpected happening to us now. And too many of us don't have expectations because of that. So beyond the unexpected, there are some things I can expect. And now let me just stop right there. Because I did not say that there are some things I can wish will happen. I said there are some things that we can expect to happen. See, wishing, which is a realm realm that we are in way too often, wishing is arbitrary and abstract. It doesn't have to be rooted in any empirical data. It doesn't have to be rational. It doesn't have to you know, adhere to any laws. It doesn't uh, pay inflation. It, it's not subject to entropy. It, it doesn't get old. It's just a wish. But we need to recognize that that's the only power that it has. It's a wish. But rather, I use the word expect. Because using the word inspect implies or means that I have the functional word inspect in place. Just think about that. When I expect something, it's because I have inspected something. See, I look at the things that I'm doing, I inspect them. The way that I'm treating my wife, the way that I'm handling my finances, the way that I'm performing in the gym, how I'm dealing with friends, I inspect that. And as I, because I can do that right now. I can right now evaluate, inspect how I'm talking to my wife, how I'm talking to my children, how I'm interacting with my grandchildren. I can inspect that. And out of that quality of, of seeing what I'm inspecting, of inspecting, I can develop an expectation based upon what I have found in that inspection. I say it this way. I look at the evidence of expectation with the inspection of expectation. It's like I inspect what's going on and then I look at my expectation and I I have this evaluation right now, and this is the only time you can do it, is I am evaluating right now whether or not is, is that really the future I want? 
Not wish for, but is that the one that I want? Is that the one that as I inspect my life, I'm actually building that life? I mean, is that really, I mean, you're like if you want to be a millionaire by the turn you turn 40 or 60, whatever, if you inspected your life right now, is there any empirical data that supports, wow, you should really expect to be at uh, Turks and Caicos by the time you're 50 years old. I mean, that you're going to have, you're going to travel a lot because I'm looking and inspecting at our lives right now. So I want to break us out of this Christian mythology because it is, it's just a Christian mythology. If God wants it to happen, it's going to happen, okay? He's sovereign and it's just going to happen. And now, those two statements are true, but they're not the only two statements in the mathematical equation or the expectation of the future. See, I can expect, and I do expect things. So I wrote down some things I expect to happen in my life. Not wish, I expect, no matter how much time I have left on this planet, that this is, the, I expect these things to happen. I expect I will die one day happily married to my wife, Susan, or vice versa. I believe that for the rest of my life, me and Susan are going to be happy, and I'm going to die first, or she's going to die first. It'd be cool if we all went together, but that would be kind of nuclear. And so it's like, but I expect that when it occurs, it, I will be happy with her, and she will be happy with me. It's like, why? Because I'm inspecting right now what I'm doing with my wife. I'm putting things together right now to make sure that the next 20 years that we have together, that, that they will bring about the happiness that we both desire. Here's another one. I expect my children will teach all of their children about God. It's like, you can't control that, Pastor Paul. Well, I can expect it. I can raise up my children in the way of the Lord, and I did. Now they're all moving into their 30s. And, and they all know Christ, and they're also training their children or their spouses or in relationship with them, and God is the center of that relationship. It's like, well, that's lucky that worked out for you. It's like, well, I've got to be honest with you. It was my expectation. Uh, and you say, well, why was it your expectation? Because I ins- 20 years ago, I inspected that moment. 29 years ago when they were born, I dedicated that moment. And every moment since then, dedicated it to the concept that one day I want to be a grandfather and hear my little grandchildren talking about Jesus. Didn't happen by accident. Didn't happen for me because God wants it to happen to me and he thinks you suck and he doesn't want it to happen for you. You know, the will of God is that no man should perish. So we already know where God's leaning. The question is, is are we leaning? Are we willing to go into the basement and jump on the elliptical and do the work that's necessary to get there? So here's another thing I inspect. I expect that I will never, never run a seven-minute mile again in my life. And you say, well, no big deal. Well, I mean, I was a, I was a really good runner when I was in high school. You know, I think I ran seven, I mean, 428 was my mile time, 932 was my two-mile time. I know what it takes to get that fast. I know, I know I'm not going to do that anymore. I know I will probably never run another mile in my life. Um, Therefore, I am right to expect that I will never run a seven-minute mile. And it's like, I, I, I know that for sure. How about this? Now, this one, um... This one may 
my wife recommended, said that I shouldn't say this one. And you would think, well, I mean, that should just seal the deal for you because you're just a loose cannon anyway. You're, but I explained to her why I need to say this. It's because of what I do in the, in the lives I encounter. But let me just say this. I expect not to get fired for infidelity. It's like, what? Why would you even think that? Because I don't want to commit infidelity. I don't want to get fired. I mean, I don't want to cheat on my wife. And I don't want to ever cheat on your wife. Well, you're the kind of guy that won't cheat on your wife. That's bull crap. Okay? You have to decide to get on that treadmill. You have to decide what you're going to watch on the internet. You've got to decide what limits you're going to put on your movies. You've got to decide how much time you're going to spend with the opposite sex. You're going to have to decide are you going to go on business trips with a woman. You're going to have to decide. You're going to have to make all those decisions. And what I'm doing right now, all the work that I'm doing right now, is so that I will never lose my job because of committing infidelity. Well, Pastor Paul, it could happen to you. I don't expect it to. Okay, it's not because I'm cocky, but based upon what I see what I'm doing right now, remember last week, I think if you were here, I told you that I was going to put a camera in my room so that if I ever do any counseling with, with women, that I would, it would all get recorded that way, me and the woman would be held accountable. Well, guess what I did this week? I put a camera in my office. And you say, well, that's pretty crazy. What do you think? You think you're so sexy that women just got to have you? It's like, no. I know how weird I am. Now, don't be afraid of me. I mean, it's like, I don't want you to think of a, some, some like creeper guy or anything like that. You don't end up, I mean, Billy Graham. Billy Graham wouldn't even get on an elevator with a woman if she was the only person on the elevator. Why? Because he was so horny he couldn't, you know, uh, all that other stuff, and it's like, am I allowed to say the word horny? Is that, is that, is that fine? Yeah, I mean, for crying out loud, Netflix, give me a break. Uh, so, but if Billy Graham said, listen, I don't want anybody to be able to talk. I don't, I used to go get a massage for my, my back, and I, because, you know, my back hurt really bad, and the doctor even said, you need to get a massage, and, and so I'd get a massage, and so this woman would give me a massage, and I'd, you know, do all this stuff, and then Deshaun Watson happened. You know, football player is being accused of 20, 20 uh, you know, sexual misconducts with women who gave him massages. Guess what I learned right away in that moment? I don't know if he's guilty or not. I just don't even like being accused of it. So I learned that that, that was my last massage without my wife laying right next to me. Okay? That was, that was it. I'm saying, you said, well, that's a little extreme. You know what? Having an amazing, intimate, growing, happy uh, uh, marriage is so rare that you have to be extreme in the moment to experience that kind of grandeur in the future. So think about where you are with your marriage. Are you inspected? Are you really the kind of guy that's going to produce a great marriage? Are you being the kind of wife that produces a great marriage? Because if you are, I'm telling you in 35 years, if you continue in that moment, you'll have a great marriage. Um, and also, I do so much counseling on this. People say, well, I just fell out of love. Or when I met them, I was just a connection. Bull crap. Okay, you, you wanted that bus ride. You were already dressed for that bus ride before you even got on the bus. I, I go through this all the time. When I would counsel women, I would notice, you know, when dudes would come in, I'd be like in my shorts, you know, sneakers, smelling like I hadn't showered for three days. And just like, hey, man, what's up, what's up? What's going wrong with your life? Yeah, what's going on? But whenever a woman would appear on the counseling, what would I do? Honey, I got to dress up. I'm counseling a gal today. 
And it'd be like, all of a sudden, I'd be standing in front of there, blow drying my hair, combing it, making sure it's just right. And then I'd get out the Ralph Lauren and way too much. Ladies know that men overfumigate. And I did all that. And, and one day, I just like, wait a minute, why am I getting dressed for this person? Oh, it's because you're meeting with a woman. It's like, yeah, so why should you change the way you dress for a woman? It's like, ah, you caught yourself. It's like, and it was like, and when I caught that, it was like, wow, no, no, no. I, I shouldn't do anything different for a woman than I would do for a man as far as preparing. See, inspect the moment. Inspect in this particular moment. Well, I have to go with women to dinner or lunch because it's business. Huh, really? Do you? Are you Mr. Powerful Man, Mr. Influential Man, Mr. Getting Ahead Man? You're so in charge that you have, you can't determine the context of how that meeting goes down. You couldn't Zoom call that person, but you have to go out and have dinner together. Oh, by the way, there's a glass of wine involved. Well, serve it up on a platter, you know? And you say, well, you're being a little extreme. It's like, hey, having a great 40-year marriage, that's, ex- that's the extreme I want to encounter. So, just so uh, there. Okay, let me see what are my other expectations. I expect that I will be more forgiving in the future because I'm growing in Christ. I expect Christ's things to come out of me. So if you think I'm okay now, give it another five years. I'm going to be so amazing in five years. Seriously, so amazing. Because I'm growing in Christ. Um, I expect that my, chil- my relationship with my children and my grandchildren will flourish. Okay, why? Because I say I'm sorry, just as the scriptures tell me to do. It's because I try to build them up in every way possible. I, have, I expect that mine and my grandchildren are going to have a great relationship, even the unborn ones. I expect that that purpose of my life will outlive me. Man, it's like, how do you know that? Is because I'm going to find purpose in this moment, grab a hold of it. I'm going to find not just purpose, but an eternal purpose. Because eternal purposes travel into the future. Momentary purposes die in the venture. Once the venture is over, the purpose, you know. So I, I'm going to look for something better than a good job. I'm going to look for purpose, eternal purpose. Uh, I'm going to grow in intimacy with my wife. I've kind of explained how that's going to happen. Uh, She asked me not to share the other stuff. I will expect that I will continue to learn new things and proofs about God. Absolutely. Um, I expect that when I die and go to heaven, that the only person who will be more happy about that than me will not be my wife. It will be God. That when I get to heaven, and as soon as I open my my eyes in heaven, the Heavenly Father, Jesus, or whoever the big angel is that shows up, they're going to be like, we have been waiting so much, so long for you to get. We're so glad you're here. It's like, because that's how I feel God feels about each and every one of us. So I have a lot of expectations. Did you hear how much chance and wishing I just took out of the equation? I'm not hoping I'll have a good marriage. I'm not wishing... I be, stay faithful as a man. I am strategizing. In the, I am inspecting right now what I'm doing. So why do I expect those things in my life? Let me read you a, a life verse chapter that, that's always been so important to me. And I want you to listen to it. And I want you to hear the difference between wishing and expectation. Because you're going to hear inspection and you're going to hear expectation. Inspection, expectation. 
Proverbs 3 starts off by saying, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Expectation for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. So inspect and find out, are you walking in my ways? Check yourself. Oh, yeah, I know you're a Christian. I know you voted evangelical. I know you go to that kind of church. I know, but it's like, no, 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 no. Let me, let's get down to it. Are you on the elliptical? Do you go down into the basement of thought? And do you walk in my ways? Because if you do, not if, it didn't say, hey, if you go to church every Sunday. It said, if you walk in my ways, he says, length of days and years of life and peace will be added to you. Expectation. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Okay, I need to inspect. Is that really what's going on? Expectation. So that you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. You know what that just told me? I'm never going to die lonely. I'm, I'm going to die having friends. Good life friends. Wouldn't you like that? Oh, sure, I may, be, I may die all by myself on the side of a road or something like that. I'm just talking about the state of my life. And it's like, well, you don't know. You don't know, Pastor Paul, what can happen. And it's like, no, if I bind kindness around my heart and, and write them upon the tablet, the truths of God in my heart, it says I will find favor with men and with God. I like that. I'll do that. I'll, I'll do that then. So let's go up. What else can I do? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Okay? All right, I'll check to see if I'm doing that. So what's the expectation? And he'll make your paths straight. Oh, God, really? You're going you're gonna to direct the path of my life? Yeah. Cool. Uh, another one. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. All right. Inspect. Am I doing it? Yeah. Am I... Leaning on the Lord here. Well, what's my expectation if I do this? It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Okay, I'll do that one then. Um, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of your produce. Okay, you talking tithing and giving and generosity? Yeah. You want me to do that? Yeah. Okay, I'll check to see if I'm doing that. Okay, what do I get if I do that? Um, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, let's do that. I, I, I want that. See, these are all things I can do right now and determine without a flux capacitor and a DeLorean, I can determine a lot of stuff that's going to happen to me in the future. It's not just all unexpected. You don't know. It's like, no, I know because I'm being told by the eternal mind. You know, this isn't some Amway guy telling me if you do Amway, in three years you're going to be at the platinum, gold, or diamond level, and, and you're going to be able to retire at 35 selling soap to other people. And it's like, wow, that's great. You know what? It doesn't happen for most people who do Amway. It may happen for some, and I'm not dogging out Amway, but yes, it sure did sound like I dogged out Amway. But it's just like, hey, that was a promise from someone who's not eternal. But when somebody eternal says, yeah, this is how it's going to work out for you, you should expect that. I got all Ben all jacked up back there. You guys hear that? I expect that if I say something else good that aligns with the word of God, that you're going to hear the word amen again from the back. You say, well, how do you know that? Watch. Um, 
It says, for the Lord loves, he, who the Lord loves, he repro uh, reproves. Let me start that again. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord. So don't be afraid of the, the elliptical when you got to go down there. Or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he puts on the elliptical. He challenges, get on this elliptical. Even as a father corrects his son in whom he delights. You see, God doesn't come up with all these rules because God doesn't want you to experience life. It's not because God wants you to expect good things in life. See you asleep back there? Ben, you didn't amen that one? You were, you were expecting that one. So, see, we think that God, sometimes unexpected happens. That's the first time he hasn't said amen to something. So, um, but my, my point is, is that God didn't come up with all these commandments because he's up there, my life sucks and your life sucks too, you know, and I want you to be just as miserable as me, you know, and I don't want you to go to hell. You know, it's like, really? Talk about the bus driver. What a terrible bus that all this is so that you don't go to hell. And Jesus says, that's not the bus that you should be on. He said, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Sure, most people are going to stay on the bus. But you want to walk out there with the bears? You want to go out there and you want to see the moose? You want to go out there? Well, then walk in my ways. Bind them upon your heart. Do the work. Get on the elliptical. See, all these things I'm expecting, I'm not wishing for because I am implementing the principles of God in my life right now. Just like my trip to Wyoming, it will require that I get on an elliptical now. So why do we fail at this, expectations? Or why have we kind of given it away? One, I think, is we expect without warrant Warrant is, I get it out of the legal terms, put it, it's a philosophical word, it has usage there too. And, and warrant means the reason to have an expectation of belief in something. For instance, I have the warrant in philosophy, you do, and you probably haven't been told this, you have the logical warrant to believe in God. Why? Because we live in the world of existence. And so, since something exists, something necessarily must exist. It's a philosophical tenet that everybody understands who does logic or philosophy. Now, if we were in non-existence, you would have no warrant to believe in the existence of anything, especially God, because you had no warrant for it. But because we live in existence, we have the warrant to believe in something greater existence to bring existence into reality. But people do this with expectation. They expect something without any warrant. Oh, I think we're just, me and my husband are just going to be amazing because we're not going to be like our parents. Oh, really? What's your warrant? Why are you not going? Because you look just like your dad, and you look just like your mom, and you sound just like your mom. Worst thing you can ever tell a wife. Guys, let me just give you some expectations. If you ever tell your wife she sounds just like her mom, you might as well just, you're not going to Wyoming. Okay? You're just not going to Wyoming. At least you, you may be going on a bus all by yourself. But it's, so, so my pushback is, is, why do you think you guys are going to be better than everybody else? Why do you think that you're going to be better than the 60% of people who get married and end up in divorce? What's your warrant? What's your evidence? 
What is your inspection for a greater expectation? And a lot of people operate that. Well, it's just because he's so cute. Give it three months. You know what? That's because she's so hot. Just wait for the next woman to walk in the door. You know, it's like that's not what's going to make a 35, 40-year marriage work with happiness. So the Bible even talks about we have expectations without warrant. And James 2.26 says this, faith without works is dead. It's like expectation from God without inspection of, and walking in on the elliptical with God today. He said, that's a dead plan. Don't expect anything from God. Why do you expect something from God? Well, because he's God and he wants me to be happy. Really? Can you kind of get that, find me a, a Bible verse that says that all you have to believe in God and he'll make your expectation of life better? It's like, there isn't one. It's a faulty expectation. Luck is not faith. Chance is not faith. Wishing is not faith. And let me just say this about expecting great things without any effort. Laziness will rob you of every expectation. I can tell you this, and because and, I can be a bit lazy at times. Lazy will deliver, you can expect something from laziness. Because it will bring an expectation. Well, what can you expect from laziness? First of all, I love what Charles Dickens said. Laziness produces want. When you're lazy, you just want everything. You want that marriage. You want that house. I want kids like that. I, I want a job like that. I want a life like that. Laziness, doing no effort and having a great expectation creates this giant want. Then want is not all by itself. Want always shows up really pregnant. And it shows up. And then when want is full, it finally delivers. And guess what it delivers? Jealousy. Jealousy. Envy. And every rotten thing. And, I, and I'm here to tell you, expect it. It's not a maybe. That's exactly what's getting off of that bus. And that's what's going to come. Unless you have some warrant to expect something else. Another thing is we only expect bad things. Well, I will tell you, um, for a long time, we've preached to Christianity that if you're walking with Christ in faith, you, nothing bad's going to happen to you. Uh, that was a faulty expectation. That was trying to... I had to some degree appeal to your fears so that you'd attend church. Uh, but that's not a biblical payout. It's not what the eternal promised. We know this, that all things will work together for good according to God's purposes in our life for those who walk in accordance with his purpose, who get on the elliptical. But it didn't say anything that any of those things weren't going to be suffering, disappointment, failure. See, even... Bad experiences when you're on the right elliptical can be transversed. Purpose will always trump suffering. It will always trump suffering. Third thing is this. We tend to arrange our lives for things we shouldn't want to expect. So we expect without warrant. We expect only bad things. And then there are sometimes you may be the kind of person who's a really organized go-getter kind of person. You're cool. I like you. Um, so I know you really need that from me. Um, we arrange our lives for things that we shouldn't expect. For instance, fame. We'll use all of our energy so that we get fame one day. 
or wealth. Not our needs met, but wealth. Enough money so that I can retire at 40. You got a Bible verse that says you're supposed to retire at 40 and just travel the world? Just you and your wife doing Viking cruises with everybody from PBS? You know what I mean? Is, is, is that really what you're supposed to be doing with life? You know, leisure. Or maybe you're doing everything to arrange your life so that you can get even. Or you can prove them wrong. See, Scripture challenges faulty expectations. In the book of James, he's, he's full of all kinds of delights today. James chapter 4, he says this, come now. And I, and I bet you it was just, I'd like to have heard him say it. because He's like, come on now. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, and then we will engage in business and make a profit. And he's like, really? You, that's your expectation. That you're going to travel around and you're just going to make money. And we're just going to, our feet are not going to touch the ground. He said, yet you do not even know that your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then, poof, vanishes away. say, wow, that is so depressing. That's so nihilistic. It's like, well, yeah. If your plans and your ambitions and your expectations are not rooted in the eternal, don't worry. Somebody's getting your car. And it may not even think you you want. Because 80% of all wills go into probate court. And somebody that you think loves you is backstabbing your mom to get the car from her. You say, wow, that's pretty grim. No. Expectation. Based upon empirical data, it's what happens. 80% of people will fight over your stuff, and you thought you left them with the best. And then, poof, you're gone. But he said, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this and that. He said, wait a minute, Pastor Paul, you just told me you expect a lot of stuff, and now you're telling me that we're not supposed to expect stuff. And it's like, No. It all falls under whether or not the Lord wills. I already figured out on that elliptical, when I dug deep into the word of God, the Lord wills me and my wife to be married for the rest of our lives faithfully to each other. I don't even have to find out the if. I know about 90% of the ifs of God's will. Well, you think, God, you should forgive that person? Uh, no if about it. You think uh, you should give to the poor? No if about it. Do you think that, you know, you should help so-and-so? No if about it. Do you think you should raise your children in the Lord? No if about it. See, maybe you got too many ifs. You know, because ifs and wishes, boy, doesn't it sound like I should have something that goes like in the second part of that? Ifs and wishes are like kisses and something, or like unicorns and something, something. Is there a, is there a phrase like that somewhere? I, I, it sounds like I wish I had worked on that a little bit before this. But really, I know what the Lord's will is on 90% of the stuff. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, do, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. If you know that God wants you to know his word, he wants you to open up that garage door, go down into that basement, and get on the elliptical, he's like, you know what to do. You come to church every Sunday, and you just wish God is going to 
go home and you're, you're going to get a check for $4,000 in the mail. Is the God good? If that's the way you want to play your future, that's fine. There are ways that I can invest in what God's doing and have an expectation of fulfillment. So God offers us an elliptical in our basement to change, to refine, and to elevate our expectations. And it's called transformation, bringing us back to our book. Can I just tell you guys, we're not offering you a gimmick. I'm not making money on this book. Um, I haven't asked people to volunteer and open up their homes so they can get a shiny blue button. Our expectation is that if you walk in his ways and bind them upon your heart, that you will have all the expectations that the eternal mind of God has promised for every one of you. All this, if you don't like this idea, then do it someplace. Go to Seacoast. Go to some other church. But don't go to a church where there isn't an elliptical, where there isn't a challenge for you to get involved, to give, to serve, to grow, to change, to rethink, to, to release things to God, to embrace the things of God. We're doing this not because it will grow cross town big. Rarely do churches grow by offering a big challenge, but rather we want you to have divine expectations of what's going to happen in your future. I'll tell you what's going to happen in your future if you don't do this. It's not a threat. I'm a rationalist. You're going to grow old. Your money's going to be given to somebody else. You're going to have some regrets. You, you may see a few things, but the memories may die with you. You may have seen them all by yourself. Um, and you'll get buried. And, and then, um, well, let me just throw a name out here. Anybody know who Jonas Salk is? Raise your hand if you know who Jonas Salk is. Okay, there's a couple people. Yeah. Vaccine for polio. Okay? Most of us have forgotten him. Anybody here know who Catherine Hepburn is? couple people okay yeah Catherine Hepburn she's won the most Oscar awards of any woman but most of us don't even if I put a picture up there you didn't even know who she was see we're all going to get forgotten forgotten if you ride the bus but if your heart is rooted in the eternal you get to go forward immortal with God your life continues your grandchildren continue Your life is hidden in Christ. I'll do that. I'll take that. So over the next couple weeks, next week when we start Transformed, we're doing this. I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. And I'm urging you today. We already had 2021, didn't like that. 2020 was ridiculous. 2009, he's like, okay, you want something different this year, then I urge you to present yourself. Go in the basement. Be willing to get on the treadmill. Walk with God. Walk in His ways. Discover what those ways are. And your life will be changed. In closing, let me read you a story real quick that Jesus said. Because He was looking at 2022 for all of us. Because He's eternal. And he knows what's happening in the future and he can promise things in the future. 
Your president can't promise you things in the future. I don't care if he's Republican or Democrat. We're looking for promises from, from the mortal. I want, I want something that goes on be, beyond that. So Jesus says this about your expectations and about him in your life. He says this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? And I could rephrase that. Why do you think God's best is going to come into your life, but you're not willing to get on the elliptical? It's like, he's like, don't you see the incoherence between what you're doing now in your expectation of the future? And Jesus is like, don't you see that it's, what you're, what you're doing now is not going to work? And you just think I'm going to fix it for you? And so he tells a story. He says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you who he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Dug deep. This is why I shot with Brian that video where I had to go down into my basement. It's because, you know what? You're going to have to get to the bottom of who you are. You're going to have to go into your mind and what you believe, what you think, your biases, the way your experiences, you're going to have to get down deep. And you're going to have to find out, is there any rock down there? Is there any truth down there? You're going to have to do that. God's not doing that for you. God provides you with truth. But you've got to do the digging. Oh, no, I want to go to a church where God doesn't do it. Digging. Well, they're lying to you. If you want a foundation, you're going to have to be willing to take the journey. And I love it. He also says, he's like a man who, who is building a house. You know, you want a great marriage, you're going to have to build it. God's standing right next to you with a two-by-four and a hammer in his hand and nails looking out of his mouth and a couple behind his ears. So I'm ready to help you. You want to build this thing? But, you know, son, you're going to have to build it. You want her to love you the way that you want to be loved? You're going to have to build it. Honey, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to honor him. You're going to have to build him up. If you want that kind of man, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to treat him in a certain way. I got the boards, I got the nails, I got a hammer, let's do it. But you're going to have to build it. So if you want a better future, you're going to need to be more involved in this. And it says, again, the inspection, now the expectation. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against the house and could not shake it because it has been well built. It's like, here's your expectation. You're going to have bad experiences, Paul. And, I, and they're going to come against you. And things are not going to be easy for you or the, the guy who's doing nothing. They're both, you're both going to have the same experiences as far as bad is concerned. Inflation hits everybody. But when it hits you, your life is not going to collapse. Okay? God said that's your expectation when you walk in his ways. Then he says, but for all the rest of you that are riding on the bus and decided that you just wanted to live life based upon time and go with the flow, Jesus and all of his rudeness, and I think sometimes truth can be wonderfully rude. He's like, here's what you can expect from the mouth of sweet Jesus. 
But the one who is heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built his house on the ground without any foundation. And the same torrent burst against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of that house was great. See, and you thought you couldn't predict the future. I pretty much know 90% of the outcome of the future. I walk with God, my life gets stronger, bad things happen to me, got it. All things will work together for good, got it. Me and my wife are gonna be awesome together, got it. Grandkids discovering Jesus, got it. Dying, okay with it. Heaven, yes, got it. Okay, whether it snows in Charleston on Sunday, you know, I haven't got that one figured out yet. But I got about 90% of my life, I, I know what to expect. And for the rest who don't want to do all that, well, Jesus said, well, I, you can expect this. You're going to build your house, and then the same flood that's going to happen, it's going to ruin you. Oh, your life's going to collapse. The Apostle Paul said it this way, eat and drink, for tomorrow you die. Wow. It's honest. But it's the truest expectation you can have in your life. So where do you want to go? We're not, we're not playing transformed. We're not doing this because it's kitschy or because we're trying to grow a big church. We're doing this because we want to have divine, eternal expectations of God in our lives in the future. But it matters on if we inspect this moment, if we're willing to flip on the light clean off the elliptical and do the work. Father, thank you so much for loving us today that even at times this was a little rude. But I love the Proverbs that says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And Lord God, you even said today that whom the Lord loves, he reproves. He reproves their life. He corrects. He puts them on a treadmill. He challenges them because he delights in them and he wants the best for them. God, don't let me walk out of here just wanting a life called a bus ride. All the billions of people who just ride the bus of time and never walk among the Aspen. God, we're here on a rainy, cold, COVID pandemic Sunday because we don't want just a bus ride. We don't want just to do time in a marriage. We don't want to just have offspring. We just don't want to have a job. We want a hope and a future. We want to experience life and life way that you planted. So today, we surrender our lives to you. It's our reasonable worship is to give you our lives.